Welcome to the Friday morning edition of the Daily Juice Podcast. My name is Matt Peralta. We are here off of bettingpros.com, and we're always being brought to you by BetMGM. All right, you can follow me on Twitter, at Sports Talk Matt, and we had a ton of fun last night on the Discord channel watching Seattle covering that three-point line. It was a sweat. It was wild. Hopefully, we keep the ball going in the right direction tonight here on a Friday. I have got two plays for you. I've got two college games that I'm going to bet. I'm going to tell you about two college games on Saturday that I'm watching closely here. But the headline of this podcast, a longer than normal version of this podcast, it is with a professional gambler who has been making his living from gambling on sports for the better part of a decade. His name, well, we don't know his name, but he goes by Captain Jack Andrews at CapJack2000 on Twitter. You may have seen his videos. I've been pushing you guys in the in the Discord channel to go and watch his videos because he is incredible at breaking down things for the novice, the beginner, somebody coming into the space. And this guy is giving his time up to make us better gamblers. So whenever we have a chance to talk to someone like that, I'm going to jump at it. It was an awesome conversation. So this podcast is a bit bit longer than normal. Normally it's 15 minutes. This is going to run you about 40 minutes. So it's a, it's a day that I don't love. So I thought when I looked ahead to the line, I was like, okay, when would it make sense to talk to, De- to Captain Jack? Because, well, Saturday's big, Sunday's big. Don't love Friday. There's four games tonight, but I don't love any of them. So I knew I was going to tiptoe in. So I thought it was a good day to kind of give you guys a chance to maybe hear a longer version of this podcast as we head towards the weekend. But just to recap quickly last night, we get the minus three right with Seattle. A full unit there. That was nice. 0.25 units on Russell Wilson under passing yardage, easily under that 315 and a half. That was good. Everyone hit. We got it late at like 307. You hit as well. So that was nice. That was the number two prop on the betting pros prop bet cheat sheet. So that was nice. We did not get, unfortunately, the Kenyon Drake rushing total. He wound up with 29 yards rushing. We bet over 47.5. Nothing really going on the ground at all for Arizona, including Kyler Murray, who did not score a touchdown for the first time in a couple of weeks. So that bet, (laughs) I've been watching it, been talking about it. I had been playing it. I didn't play it last night. But it was juiced up to minus 225 at BetMGM in the Offshore market, it got as high as minus 275. Just everyone was betting it and betting it and betting it. It was a big win for the books last night with that Kyler Murray anytime touchdown prop, which did not go their way yesterday. So good stuff on that. Before I give you the plays, we always tell you about BetMGM. They've got this offer for NFL games coming up on Sunday. You bet $1 on the money line on either team in a game where a touchdown gets scored. Pick a game, money line, $1. If a TD gets scored, you will win $100 in free wagers from BetMGM by using the, pro- the promo code JUICE100 when you sign up for a new account with BetMGM. JUICE100, promo code JUICE100 with a new account with BetMGM. $1 money line pays out in $100 in free wagers. Something we talk about, by the way, with Captain Jack and what to do with that $100 in free bets you'll get from BetMGM. Go to BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, and you must be physically located in Tennessee, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. All right. So here are the two plays, half a unit each, just one unit in play here, okay? 
Let's start with Purdue in a Big Ten matchup against Minnesota. This is going to be a high-scoring game. If you look at Purdue and Minnesota so far, you might go, Matt, whoa, what are you doing here? This is kind of weird, right? So in Minnesota's games, the first game at home went over. They scored 24 points. They gave up 49. Went on the road to Maryland, and they got their doors. Well, they put that, that was a hard-fought game, actually, against Maryland, and they lost it 45-44. to 44. So they overhit by 20.5 points the week prior by 20 points. But the last two weeks, they've scored a combined 21 points. All right? I don't believe that this goal for offense is that bad. Their defense might be that bad, but their offense is not that bad. They're going to score tonight against Purdue, who does not have a great defense. Purdue's games, however, every single game this year has gone under. Barely, but it's gone under. Against Iowa, it went under by eight. Against Illinois, it went under by a half a point. And by Northwestern, against Northwestern last time out, it went under by one and a half points. So the books have been pretty good here when it comes to setting a line for Purdue. But they don't play defense either. Their offense is pretty good. We know they can run. We know they can throw. I got a total of 16.5 here. I'm betting the over for Purdue and a Minnesota team that I can't trust them to cover anything. Like, I just, this number, you can't, you can't go into it and say, I'm going to lay three with Purdue or take three with Minnesota. They're, they both aren't good enough, okay? But this is much like the Mac, okay? It's a Friday night game. It's a funky game. We've seen points, points, points. I know it's the Big Ten. It's not the Mac. I just think that points happen on Friday nights. I just do. I think points happen here. So we're going to go over 60 and a half. If you're a trend person, the over is 7 and 1 the last time these two teams, the last eight times these two teams have played. So there's a little bit riding on that. If you want to roll with that, you can say, all right, then, you know, roll with that. So over 60 and a half, half a unit, Purdue and Minnesota. And the other half a unit, we are taking and putting it on the Syracuse and Louisville game. Two really bad teams. Again, they don't play defense. (laughs) Syracuse doesn't play defense. This is just kind of like hold-your-nose football, but I think it's going to be somewhat entertaining. I think we're going to see a lot of points getting scored, and I think Syracuse is going to bounce back offensively because they need to. Now, to the under, uh, Louisville's 5-3 to the over. Syracuse is 4-4, so they're flat. Last time out, the under hit, but they're two pre... Sorry, the last time out, the two last two games for Syracuse, the under has hit. They've scored 14 points and 13 points the last two times out. But before that, they gave up 47 to Clemson, 38 to Liberty, 38 to Duke. I think they're going to give up 40 points here to Louisville. Louisville can score, right? Louisville has an offense. They can score. They scored 35 against Va Tech, 48 against Florida State. Yeah, Notre Dame, they only scored well, seven points, but, but the, weekend, the week before, they scored 46 points. Against bad defenses, Louisville can score. I know Louisville just lost one of their best players, one of their best receivers got hurt, but I just think both teams are going to score here. 56.5 seems like a low total, and it's mostly because of Syracuse's offense, but I do think Syracuse is going to put some points up on the board. Maybe not a ton, but enough. If they score, if they score 17 points. I feel good as long as Syracuse gets to set, gets you know somewhere around 17 points, and then we'll get 40 out of Louisville, 40-17 the final, somewhere in that range. You might say, Matt, just bet the 19 points. It's a lot of points. I don't want to bet 19 points. I think Syracuse might keep it close, so I'm concerned about that. But I'm gonna bet the over 56 and a half. We're going over Syracuse and Louisville here for the plays. So. There are two games that I'm watching for tomorrow that I'm not going to bet right now. Why? COVID. 
I'm just not comfortable betting these games yet. But there are two numbers I am watching. Iowa at Penn State, minus 2.5 is my favorite bet of the weekend. Okay, That game, I haven't bet it yet, but I'm going to bet it tomorrow. I'll explain the reasoning on the podcast tomorrow. But if that number comes down, if it goes to 2 or 1, there's going to be Penn State money that's going to come back. This opened up with Penn State as a favorite, right? The Iowa money poured in, flipped the line. There's going to be Penn State buyback. Okay, Penn State has never opened up 0-5 in their career. They're going to open up 0-5 this year, first time. Iowa's going to go in there and blow their doors off. But there's going to be Penn State money that comes back, buy that number down. It's going to be zero. Hopefully a pick by the time we see this game go off. I think we're going to get a pick at Iowa to win at Penn State. So we're waiting there on that number, but I don't think it goes higher than three. So three is the worst number we're going to lay, but I don't think it will go over three. And so Iowa, we're watching that number. And then Cincinnati on the road as a favorite against Central Florida. It's five and a half right now. I want six, but I want to see about COVID and who's playing and who's not. I got to wait to see. I'm not betting that game. I'm not betting any college game 48 hours out. No way. We're going to have 20 games canceled in college football on Saturday. I'm not betting a game before, you know, 24 hours out for the podcast. But look out for the upset. Cincinnati can put points on the board. They can stop a lot of people, but I am a Dylan Gabriel stan, and I like that offense. I think they can keep the game close, and maybe they can derail the entire party here for Cincinnati. I like Central Florida here catching six points. If I can get six, it's five and a half right now. I probably will lay the five and a half, but I want more. So we're watching those two games for tomorrow. I'm not telling you to bet it right now, but I'm just telling you ahead of time that's what we're looking for because I'm only giving you two plays here for tonight. We're going to go ahead and look ahead for tomorrow for college football. So the plays tonight, once again, Purdue over 16.5 against Minnesota and Syracuse-Louisville over 56.5 against Syracuse and Louisville, 56.5 over. So one unit in play, half a unit on both those games coming up here tonight. All right. This is a great conversation. I had the pleasure of talking to, to, to Captain Jack Andrews, pro golf, pro sports gambler, a guy who knows a ton about the industry. I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. If this works and you like it, we'll do more of this. We'll get experts on to come on and help you guys become better sports gamblers. My talk with Captain Jack Andrews. All right, joining us now here on the Daily Juice Podcast is somebody that I've been wanting to talk to for a while now. And so I do some behind-the-scenes work for a podcast called Bet the Process, and I was first exposed to Captain Jack Andrews through Rufus Peabody and Jeff Ma and their great podcast and said, you know what, i got to talk to this guy, but I was looking for an angle to bring him on. And then he started this incredible video series on, well, how to become a successful or a better sports gambler. And Captain Jack's been joining us, kind enough to join us here on the Daily Juice. Captain Matt Peralt, how are you? Hi, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. Okay. So for people who don't know your background, uh, obviously, Captain Jack Andrews is not your real name, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So what's the background without giving away your identity, but what, how long you've been doing this? You know, when did you first get involved in sports gambling heavily? I have been an advantage player, which is sort of the term people use for a professional gambler that gambles with an edge. Uh, I have been an advantage player for the large part of 20 years now. Uh, for the past 10 years or so, it's been my sole source of income. Uh, it's my, my primary source of income, I should say. And uh, I've, I've mainly dabbled in casino play, card counting, 
uh, various promotions, uh, you know, some poker, some video poker, things like that, anywhere I could get an edge in a casino. Uh, and as such, when you're doing that, you kind of want to keep your, your identity a secret because the casinos are always looking out to try to make sure that you can't get an edge with them. And uh, so that's why I've always had this persona of Captain Jack. That was the name I chose on various online forums. And uh, fast forward now to as I've been betting sports, and I started betting sports back in the mid-2000s, around 2004 is when I really got into it. Uh, and, and sports betting has become more and more of my daily grind. And I live in New Jersey, and New Jersey legalized, as you know, uh, legalized uh, sports betting in 2018, and uh, it's exploded here. It is absolutely exploded. And so I've seen a lot of how people are approaching these online sports books in the state, or as well as the brick and mortar sports books. And I kind of got the impression that, you know, they needed a little bit of a guiding hand. Everyone's kind of new to this sports betting thing. And I figured, you know, well, when people want to learn something, they, they tend to go onto YouTube. And I noticed that when I went onto YouTube and searched for sports betting, the content was somewhat abysmal. Uh, it was a lot of stale content. It was people making a pick for a game that happened in 2014. Or it was just uh, kind of slimy content where they're trying to make you buy their picks and they're trying to sell you on a system or something like that. Nobody was giving out quality content. And I said, well, you know what? I can do that. And then I kind of sat on it for a while. But then the pandemic happened and I had a lot of time to myself with no sports going on. And I said, you know what, let me try this YouTube thing. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> so I decided to make up some videos. I decided to do some live uh, web streams and kind of answer questions and put together a little PowerPoint presentation. And it's taken off from there. And as a result, yeah, I have my face out there on YouTube. Uh, I don't love my name out there and I, I don't intend to. But uh, since I'm spending less and less time in casinos, I kind of feel like I can put my face out there for a change. And, and that's how that all kind of came about. It's really cool. And so a couple of your videos really jumped out to me. And the first I want to kind of talk a little bit about to kind of help the audience, because they're all being, a lot of them are in the new emerging markets. So we got people in Colorado and Iowa and Indiana and New Hampshire, and they're all being presented with this very unique opportunity to get free money, free wagers, your free bets. How has that video, because I've watched it like three times trying to learn, trying to get, because I think you break it down in such a cool way as to how you maximize the value for that. But how has the response been to that? Because I feel like new players are getting presented with the, you know, bet $1, win $100 offer every day. Yeah, the the amount of free money being thrown at bettors in some of these emerging markets is phenomenal. I mean, anyone who's who's cut their teeth betting sports in Nevada and now goes to one of these other markets like Colorado or New Jersey or Pennsylvania where uh, it's highly competitive, they're finding that these sports book companies are willing to basically pay them to bet sports. Uh, you know, we've seen in the financials of a lot of these companies that they're willing to spend about $300 to uh, acquire a new customer. So, you know, when you see an offer where they're giving you a $500 free bet, that's not that unheard of because in their mind, well, people aren't going to play them optimally anyway. So uh, most people, if they're given a $500 free bet where they're going to make that wager and no matter what happens, they don't get that wager back, but they get the winnings of it. Well, they're going to look to play a sure thing, right? That's just kind of your kind of your, your common approach to it. Well, optimally, you want to play something that's a longer shot with that free money because 
if you're betting $500 into something that has a high odds, let's just say like minus 300, well, you're only going to get back a third of that as your potential profit. Um, you know, you want to bet on something that's like plus 300, where your potential profit is $1,500. And yes, the odds of you hitting that 1500 decrease greatly, but at the same time, you're maximizing your potential profit. And, uh, and, you know, as you know, Matt, one of the things I made in that video is the idea of flipping the script. So whenever I would tell people about this, they would say, well, no, I'm not going to bet on a long shot. I'm not going to bet on something that's, you know, four to one that, that, that never comes in. And I've pissed away that $500. Well, you can flip the script. And if you can find a situation where you're betting the other, the other side of the wager elsewhere at another sports book, and in many of these states, there's plenty of sports books, plenty of lines, you can find those arbitrage opportunities. Well, if you're able to bet minus 400 at one book and then put your free money on the plus 400, you can flip it so that you're actually rooting for that favorite, that minus 400 favorite to win for you to clear your money out. Uh, and you don't have to kind of feel like you're you're chasing, you know, some kind of crazy underdog. Um, and, you know, I called that flipping the script and uh, there's been a great response to that video. I love it. It's awesome. And it's essentially hedging with yourself. It's I yeah. talk a lot with the guys on the podcast of where, you know, with future wagers or like what I did with the World Series, you know, I had the Rays to win the, Amer the American League. I had the Dodgers to win the World Series. And basically when the Rays got up, I already had the Dodgers. I went ahead and bet the Rays and I guaranteed myself I didn't care who won. I just bet the other side and I had a plus 200 and I had a minus and a plus 330. So to me, yeah. I was in the black no matter what. And that strategy of, of going ahead and saying, okay, I've got the free money. Why not I go ahead and get into a long shot market? And if it hits, then look at what I've cleared into or bet the other side. Cause I think people think that $500 is real and it's not real. Right. It's not, no. you don't actually, you don't actually, it's not anything. It's just a promotional offer that they're giving you. So you have to try to maximize it as best as possible and read the fine print, right? How many times you got to turn that over before you actually get to real money, right? Mm-hmm. How yeah, I mean, in a lot of these new states, uh, the terms are very advantageous. Uh, in general, you just have to, if you have a free bet, you just have to wager it once. Now, if you're betting offshore or somewhere like that, they've seen all these tricks before. Uh, they're, not, they're not looking to give away the store just yet. So they often have a lot of extra conditions where you need to wager it over 15 times and you can't bet it on more than this and your average bet size has to be that. So you definitely have to read the terms and conditions when dealing with with any of these things. When you talk about future markets for you, I mean, how involved do you get with future markets? I mean, how much you know of your bankroll do you like to have tied up in in, in future markets, like a like a, like a baseball season that's going to be coming up, or an NBA season that's going to be coming up? I mean, if you find angles and you find plays that are going to be profitable and you have an edge on, do you have any issue with having your money tied up for six months? You know, Matt, I don't bet a lot into futures markets for a couple different reasons. Uh, the first is that it does tie your money up, especially if you're playing in a place where you have to post up the money. Uh, you're kind of tying that money up for several months. Uh, but the second reason is, is the house edge in futures markets is usually greatly inflated. Uh, generally, because of the uncertainty, a sports book can't deal it with less of a margin. They have to kind of inflate the margins to protect against you know, some random occurrence happening, uh, like, you know, the Browns winning the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> but as a result, they tend to put about 20 to 25% VIG baked into that market. In other words, if you were to bet every team in the futures uh, chart there, 
uh, you would have to pay $125 to win 100, uh, even though you're guaranteed to win across the board. You know, if you were bet sorry, if you were to bet proportionally across all of those. Um, but in general, there are value to be found in futures markets. You just have to know where to look. Uh, you know, for instance, season win totals. You're betting over. You're betting under. That's a that's a much thinner market. It's it's basically going to be minus one ten or minus one fifteen on either side of that. You can find value if you want to research how a team's going to perform. I would recommend finding those head-to-head -head situations rather than kind of the long shots. Here's the thing: every better out there wants to hit a long shot. You know, there's there's nothing sweeter than at the end of the year when you know somebody wins uh, the Super Bowl and you go, "Well, look what I got here. How do you like them apples? I got the winner. I bet this back in August. You know, I am Nostradamus. I'm I'm the king of the world." Uh, there's no better feeling than that. So I understand a lot of bettors love to bet on those long shot futures. Do your homework, try to find the best line as possible. And if you're in one of these emerging markets, definitely line shop. That's that's the key. Uh, and, you know, good luck to you. One of the things that I had a listener write to me a couple of days ago and DM about the way that I approach things. And I'm curious as to how you feel about the industry. He said, because I, I'm a conservative wagerer, I don't, you know, I'm not out here betting two grand a game and I'm not pounding my chest when I get something right. I, I am vehemently against selling picks. I am staunchly against parlaying. Uh, I have sort of these principles that I'm trying to tell people that, look, it's about slow and steady. It's about money management. It's about bankroll management. It's, you know, if you're a 10 buck better, don't feel like you're a loser. It's absolutely perfectly fine to be that type of wager. And, and he, he brought up the the machismo, the, the, you know, the overinflated male ego that's in this sports gambling market. You've been in it long enough that I, I, I'd be curious, how do you feel about where we are right now as an industry in sports gambling? Well, Matt, it sounds like you and I have a lot in common. Um, I, I'm fond of saying there's no, it, this is a hard way to make an easy living. You know, there's no easy street when it comes to sports gambling. Um, you have to be able to find the lowest margin possible that you're betting into. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of grind in this. Where we're at in the industry right now is a lot of these sports book companies know that this is a low margin business. They know there's guys like us that are going to try to find every little penny of value because, hey, it's tough to beat anything in sports betting. You know, this, this market is very efficient in time. So as a result, a lot of these sports betting companies are looking for ways to uh, talk you into things that are a bigger margin for them. Uh, the big one right now is is these crazy parlays. You know, if you go on Twitter, every sportsbook company nightly tweets you a some ten dollar better that hit for ten thousand dollars because he had a crazy twelve team parlay, and they get a lot of the media to reinforce this because hey, there's nothing more exciting that gets eyes on any social media platform than money. And if you can tweet out that, look, $10 turned into $10,000, you know, this is crazy. Everybody looks at it. Hey, I look at it. You know, it, it's, it's effective. However, basically what they're doing is they're, is they're teaching you how to play the lottery. And, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that you don't have an edge in the lottery. Well, you don't have an edge in 12-team parlays. I'm sorry. You, you just don't. There's, there's no situations where every little leg of that 12-team parlay has an advantage where you're now compounding that advantage. In converse, actually, what happens is every leg of that 12-team parlay has a disadvantage, and you're compounding that disadvantage to the point where, relative to the stakes you're betting, 
you might be betting into like a 50% house edge, which that's right in line with how the lottery operates. So uh, that's, that's right now, you know, that, that, that gets me that I think the industry is pushing us towards this, you know, spend a buck to win a lot. Um, when in fact, this is, I think the fun of sports betting is in the grind, you know, and yeah, maybe it's, it's not for everyone, but you know, I like looking at the entire NFL card and finding little situations here and there that I want to bet into, you know, maybe I'm just betting on a tight end, you know, maybe I'm just betting on, uh, the fourth quarter performance of a certain team, these little niches here and there, you can find that and you can kind of build a portfolio around that. And, at, you know, it makes that Sunday more exciting to watch for these little things to be happening. Um, and I think that's a, that's a better way to approach sports betting for me personally. I totally agree with it. And, and it's when you see, you know, when people talk about free wagery, free picks, when people give away picks, the thing that gets me so often is, is that the people who recommend, you know, if they, if they work for a sports book or they have a business relationship with a sports book and then they're recommending parlaying and they're giving that away, like as they're an expert and then they're giving away, hey, hey, here's my three team parlay for this week. I just don't understand that. Like it feels like counterintuitive. It feels like they're betraying their audience by, by doing that. Is this just an education standpoint where they, we have to get people more educated to what's going on with parlays? I think so. Uh, you know, hey, look, parlays are attractive, right? Because, you know, you can kind of take a little and turn it into a lot or even beyond that, you know, it, it just seems like you kind of connect everything together. And, you know, on a Sunday afternoon or even a Saturday afternoon with college football, all the games are happening at once. They're all kind of going at the same time. You know, if you have a parlay, it's like, you know, I'm just going to put this this three-leg parlay out there and, you know, all these three things are happening at the same time and they come together and boom, at the end of the three hours, you have yourself you know, hopefully a, a big profit. Um, but it's, it's a little bit fool's gold, Matt, you know, yeah. it definitely is. People believe that, uh, you know, if they have an edge in one, they have an edge in all three, and that's usually not the case. Um, and you know, what reinforces a lot is that you have that Sunday where you may have picked three winners and you didn't parlay. And you say to yourself, Oh, if only I would have had that three team parlay. Um, yeah, but that doesn't change the odds of you winning, you know, a coin flip, flipped three times, uh, there's still a, a 12 and a half percent chance that you're going to be able to guess heads or tails correctly all three times. That doesn't mean that you're more likely to guess heads or tails correctly the next time it's flipped. Um, so you can't let kind of past performance kind of dictate how you play going forward. Yeah. How do you fight that? Recency bias is, is, is a term that I've been trying to figure out more and more about and trying to, how do you fight that? How do you fight? Well, I went two and one last time doing this. So why don't I do it again? How, how do you get over that mental hurdle of, well, it worked once. Why couldn't it work again? You know, Matt, the, the best way to fight recency bias is to uh, not look at it. You know, if, if you keep good records, you can just go back over a larger sample size of your records and kind of see what is actually happening. It's the same reason why if I go, Oh, and five on a day, I don't immediately think that I have no edge here or that I, you know, you know, that this is the end of the world or that I'm even you know, that I'm, I'm due to win in the future. Uh, you have to just look at everything on a, on a large scale. And then at the same time, you have to look at nothing on a large scale. So when I say you have to look at everything, you have to realize that, you know, this is a long grind. You have all of these sample size of, of data points uh, over time. But at the same time, you can't start each day thinking about what happened yesterday. 
You know, if I was down $1,000 yesterday, I don't have to think I got to get that $1,000 back. Uh, you just start off fresh every day. You start off as if, you, you know, you, weren't, you didn't gamble at all yesterday. Um, same if you win $1,000 yesterday. You don't start off thinking, I got $1,000 of house money in my pocket. Uh, I'm going to increase my, my unit size today and try to parlay that 1000 up higher. Um, it's, it's why I say you have to think about the entire big picture, but you also have to think about just what's the next step in front of you going forward. I'm a big proponent of flat wagering. And I think it's a way of, it keeps me out of trouble. So basically I know that I'm going to lose. And some of the guys say, you're one of the first people that says you're, I'm going to lose. Cause I do, I tell all the time, I'm going to have a bad week. I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to have good days and I hope to have good months, but I'm going to have stretches where, you know, I'm not seeing the board, right. Or, you know, I'm not getting the bounces that, that I want. So I flat wager to protect myself in my bankroll from those, those bad moments. How do you do you believe in flat wagering? And when the public sees these big bets being reported like crazy, you know, do you think it's counteractive or counter? You know, is that a problem when people start thinking, well, that guy bet 10,000? Why can I chase and I normally bet 10 bucks now? I'm gonna bet 100. Yeah, so you know, look, there's there's two schools of thought when it comes to wagering there's the flat staking that you just talked about, and then there's also the Bet uh, proportional to the size of your bankroll and to the edge that you're betting into. Now, for a recreational better, they don't know how to exactly quantify their edge. Hey, for a professional better, you don't always know how to quantify your edge either. So, uh, I understand that that doing that bet sizing, that uh, Kelly bet sizing, is is what it's called after, after John Kelly's uh, his formula, which basically means you bet your edge. Um, and that's, that's tough for a lot of people. So, Hey, flat staking is a good way to go and maybe reevaluate your flat stake, uh, at the end of the season or the beginning of next season, you know, that's a solid way to go. Uh, but too many people decide, you know, they need to chase for whatever reason, um, or they need to, they think, you know, just because they're running hot, they can increase their stake by, by twice as much. When you do that, when you increase your stakes for whatever reason, you're skewing your results so that the results in your larger stake are going to have a much heavier weight on your overall result than the, the, the stakes that you made back when you were just flat staking. Um, and that's, that's key because, mm. you know, there's nothing worse than if you were to be lucky enough to be going 60% over this NFL season. And this week you say, okay, time to, time to put it into high gear here. Uh, I'm going to, instead of betting 20, I'm going to bet a hundred dollars a game. Well, you are now, basically all contingent on what your results are going to be from this point forward. And that could very well mean that at the end of the year, you might have hit 54% over the year, which is great. And you might be a loser because you dipped back down over this, the last few weeks of the season and ended up with a negative result. Um, and that, that really sucks. You know, that's, that's just the, the worst position to be in. Totally agree with that. I'm curious because, and this might be a little bit inside school, but I, because I've got you here, I want to, I, I love, I want to hear your your thoughts on this. But how much of a responsibility do us in the media? How much do we? How much blame should we get, or how much of a responsibility do we have to investigate when the sports books are giving us information that that information is accurate? I get emails every day, every morning. I start with about five companies that I know in my inbox before my radio show. I'm going to have their numbers. And what they've got, what they're telling me that they've got from a number perspective or from a, a liability perspective, 
in the media, should we be reporting that stuff? Should we report the big wagers? I mean, what what should the the future of sports gambling media look like? I don't have a problem with the media reporting the numbers. I have a problem with people reading too much into them. You know, if you're told that 90% of the action and 60% of the tickets are on this team at William Hill, people read into that too much and they go, okay, 90% of the money, but only 60% of the tickets. That means that the higher wager tickets are on this and therefore the higher wager tickets are the sharp betters and therefore I must, you know, and they, they read these tea leaves and uh, it's, it's just not true because first of all, we don't know what, and I'm using William Hill just as an example here. I'm not calling them out on anything. We don't know what William Hill's number was on that game. Maybe yeah. William Hill had the best number on the board. Maybe they had the worst number on the board. Well, when they have the best number, maybe they're going to attract the sharp money. But when they have the worst number, they're going to attract the square money. And we don't know that. And so as a result, you're reading tea leaves with incorrect information or incomplete information. And I think that the recreational better needs to realize that is that these numbers don't really mean a whole lot. And the sample size could be very low. There might only be 10 bets on this game at William Hill. Um, you know, and that's especially true on some of these uh, other sports books that, you know, might not have as large a uh, diverse mm-hmm. action pool to, to draw from. You know, if you're a sports book, you're only live in Colorado, well, you're probably going to take a large portion of Colorado-centric action uh, as opposed to someone who's in every state. So, you know, there's there's definitely incomplete information, and I think the recreational bettors need to realize that, uh, that, you know, this isn't the whole picture. Don't read into it. And that's why I freak out when I hear people in the media, and these are my friends who are on my show, and I tell them this to them, you know, that they know how I feel about this, but the whole reverse line movement trend, like using terms that makes you seem smart that, Oh, I, I know something. So this is a reverse line movement game. It drives me nuts because like you just mentioned, it's a snapshot in that exact moment. You could have had 20 bets come in before you actually went on the air and you don't know that information. You know, if you're not in the risk room, you don't know what's going on. Right. So all that, all the information is all post dated. It's all added out to date by the time we talk about it. Right. Reverse line movement is, is the cringiest term that I know of when it comes to sharp sports bettors. Uh, if you use reverse line movement around me, you're, you're kind of your stock drops a little because I realize you're, you're, you're looking into things that just aren't indicative of anything. Um, and a lot of people lean heavily on reverse line movement. Um, and I, I just don't understand why, because again, it's an, in, an incomplete picture. Um, yeah, there may be situations where, yes, reverse line movement does indicate sharp action, but there are plenty more where it doesn't. And in fact, as you get very close to game time, I guarantee you reverse line movement is almost 100% contradictory to where the sharps are uh, because there's a lot of money being kind of played back into a situation that is not the sharp side uh, for you know various hedge reasons and things like that. So, yeah. Um, be careful when anyone starts talking reverse line movement as their kind of their theory, uh, that might not be a solid, solid basis. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It makes me flip out And the, and you know, when it comes to fading the public and, or, or, or riding with, you know, a team that doesn't have a lot of, a lot of action on it. I often tell people that, look, you have to look at your own game, you break it down, you believe in your own process and then bet what you think. And sometimes you'll ride with the public 
Sometimes you ride with the pros, but ultimately you got to believe in yourself as to what you think, what you're money and take personal responsibility and don't get mad at me or somebody else who told you to bet a certain way. If you didn't go through the whole process that I went through to get to that same place. And I said, Hey, bet minus three and a half and it lands at three. So I'm wrong. And so you're all angry. How much do you look at, you know, people when it comes to gambling and say, okay, the process that you would recommend people doing their own process versus listening to what you hear in the media? You will learn so much more if you try to do this yourself than if you just try to be spoon-fed uh, everything. You know, look, Matt, you and I, we both talk about how you shouldn't pay for picks. And let's just assume that your audience knows this now, that they please, shouldn't pay for picks. they know this now, yes. <laughs> but beyond that, uh, a lot of people just seem to want to pick up on whatever they hear as their narrative for how the game is going to go. I, I Really, you will learn so much more if you just try to think for yourself because you know what when you're wrong you're going to you're going to put that right on square on your back and you're going to say oh you know i learned from this mm -hmm. uh one of the things that i think has helped me the most about being a professional gambler is i've been wrong a lot of times and i've learned from being wrong that i can't do that again and as a result then i tend to make better choices the next time around if you're qu quietly just just following somebody and whatever they say you bet uh, when they're wrong, you point to them and you go, you were wrong. You know, I wasn't wrong. I followed your bet. Yeah, that was dumb, but you were wrong. Y you can't think like that because you don't know why you were wrong. <laughs> so it's, it's really important when you're kind of starting out in this or making your way with this, just do your own work. You know, you'll learn so much more. It'll speed the plow forward for you to where you can become uh, a winning better or a break even better or a better that, you know, feels more comfortable about their action at the end of the season. I, I I really can't stress that enough. That it's just so important to um, learn from your mistakes and and take ownership of of your process. He is Captain Jack Andrews. If folks want to get more information, find the videos, find your Twitter account. How can they do so? So you can go onto YouTube and you can search for Captain Jack Andrews. You'll probably have to put in all three of those words. You put in Captain Jack, you're either going to get a Billy Joel song or you're going to get Johnny Depp. Um, <laughs> Captain Jack Andrews. Uh, I got a lot of videos up there. I think I got about 60 videos now. Some of them, uh, you know, as I've progressed along, the quality of the video has gotten better. The production mm -hmm. values have gone up. Uh, so keep that in mind. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, I tend to comment a lot about the industry, a lot about sharp betting, a lot about uh, how things are progressing in various states. It's CapJack2000. Uh, I picked that alias back in 2000. And uh, so that's why it's CapJack2000. And basically, yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about all things related to gambling, gambling Twitter. Um, you know, sometimes I have some fun with it. Sometimes I put out some, some quality information, um, but it's just all a big conversation. It's phenomenal. And as somebody who is, uh, I'm 43, I've been gambling for 20 years, but I'm still learning as much as I possibly can. You, at least from my perspective, I learned a ton from your videos and a ton from listening to you and uh, all, all your various media appearances. So you've helped me out. So for me personally, let me say thank you. And I'm really hoping that the audience, that the Daily Juice audience will search you out and watch as many of your videos because it will make them better gamblers. Bar none, they'll come away smarter uh, from watching and listening to you. So thank you for the time. Really appreciate you coming on. Cool. Thank you, Matt. This has been enjoyable. All right. That's going to do it once again here for the Daily Juice podcast for Friday morning. Again, Purdue over 60 and a half and Syracuse over 56 and a half for tonight on Friday night. Enjoy the games. I will talk to you on the Discord channel, bettingpros.com slash chat. 
at Sports Talk Matt. That's my Twitter account every morning, including tomorrow morning for Saturday football in college football. It's the Daily Juice podcast presented by BetMGM off bettingpros.com.